What's going on, everybody? It is Nicole Reyes here with Samus Reyes, my co-host, and we are here with the Playmakers podcast. So today I will be interviewing Samus Reyes himself. You want to get into it? Let's go. Personal branding. Love it. I know that is something that you have focused on for a while now. I would say since college, maybe before. Why has that always been something that's important to you? I think that it all goes back to when I first got to the U.S. Um, many people may not know this, but I was born in Chile and I moved here when I was 14 years old. I left my family, my friends, my culture, everything behind with a basketball scholarship to come here. And my dream was to make it to the NBA. That's what I told my parents. I'm like, Dad, Mom, please let me go to the U.S. I know we don't have much money, but all I have to do is get myself a ticket to go there. And then I don't need anything else from you guys. I'm going to make the NBA. So I got on a plane, which an aunt from Germany bought my tickets to come here. And I came here with about 50 bucks on my wallet. And in the beginning, it was really, really hard. For those of you guys that don't know, in Chile, we speak Spanish. So to start, <laughs> I didn't speak a single word of English. And that was insane. I mean, that was so hard for a 14-year-old because you really can't communicate to anyone. And also not having money, like I mentioned. But then the culture. The U.S. culture is very different from other countries, right? It's a very, I love this place more than anything, but it's a very, it can be a very individualistic place at times, right? Like everyone is on their own trying to figure it out. And that's, that's what makes this country, you know, amazing. But at the same time, for a 14-year-old kid, it can be really hard. Um, and then just personal branding was like a way for me to, you know, just kind of like explain myself uh, since that age, I will say. Right. And of course, at that time, I wasn't thinking of like I'm building a personal brand, but I always wanted to communicate because I couldn't with words. So I did it on like social media, for example, like I was post posting things on social media, working out and doing different things. So I started to gain some followers and yeah, personal branding is not about building followers, but it's really about who you are and like the authentic you with your core values and what you want to tell the world about yourself. Yeah. And being that. I know your story myself. I know when you first came to this country and not the first school you went to, because I know that was a very poor school, but the second school you went to in one of the richest cities in the United States, which is Boca Raton, if not many people know about it. It's really nice. It's a retirement oh, yeah. <laughs> area, but you went to high school there. You went to a private school there. And I know you talked about not fitting in always. Yeah. And so why was developing a personal brand important with respect to that? Yeah, so just to give a little bit of background information, if you are a student from a different country that gets a scholarship, uh, it's really called financial aid, right? And public schools can give um, financial aid to international students. So I had to go to a private school that was willing to like sponsor me, and that's why I ended up at St. Andrews, which is a place where I honestly did not fit at all. Now, today I have great friends that, you know, I and people that I met there, but in the beginning, it was so hard for me. The school was uh, a suit and tie type of school, very religious. So we had to go to church a lot. And you literally had to wear like a tie to school. And to me, that was crazy. I mean, I think I had like two pairs of basketball shoes and that's all I had. I mean, I had nothing else. So I remember, you know, the first couple of weeks, uh, just not having the clothing, you know, almost getting a suspension from, for not having the clothing <laughs> that they needed from me. But in reality, they just didn't know that I didn't have the money to afford it, right? So that was kind of problematic for me in the beginning. And at that time, my personal brand was, hey, this guy is like not a great student. And Bad he's boy. Not, yeah, and he's not very like, he's not following the rules. And yeah, that's how my brand, my brand started in a negative way because 
off the bat, I didn't fit in in a society where they expected me to behave a certain way, right? Immigrant, poor kid in the school and uh, couldn't communicate effectively. So I'll get mad all the time. So I'll display my, my, you know, my anger through facial expressions and things like that. So at that time, that was my personal brand. And I think now that I'm older, I'm able to realize that I don't want to be known as, as that. And of course, it was a it was a, a way of just protecting myself as a kid and not knowing how to explain myself better. But today I look back at it and I think college, like you say, is when I really realized like, hey, I have to change this. Like I'm not that kid anymore. Like I've, I've got myself a division one scholarship for basketball. Like now I, I came out of that bad situation. I'm, I'm in a better place. And that's when I started to understand the value of also of like networking and all of those things that, yeah, I mean, if you have a bad personal brand, people don't want to network with you. Yeah, You want to have something solid that people are like oh this guy's really interesting he's a you know good communicator whatever it is that you you do just tell the world that you do it then moving on and we'll leave your story and how you made it to the nfl for a different day but in the nfl being that you place so much emphasis on your personal brand how did that help you when you were playing my personal brand brought opportunities off the field that I never thought possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like the reason why I'm giving the backstory when, it, when we're talking about personal branding is because one, yes, we all have one, but two is because I never thought any of the things that I'm getting today are, were possible, right? Like if you told me a brand was going to pay me $10,000 to do one post on social media, when I first got to this country, I think I'll say you're crazy. I'll, and 10,000 for me at that time would be like, I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> I would have called my mom and tell her, Hey mom, like retired, like we're going on a vacation because that's what a, that's how I saw. I mean, I, I, we really grew up with very little money, and you know, once I realized that just by growing a personal personal brand, you could get opportunities of the fields of the field. That was like wow! Like I can actually make my NFL salary, and then also get endorsement deals or just business opportunities. It was a realization that I think everybody that plays sports or any entertainer in general needs to pay attention to. How much money would you say that you made in endorsement deals uh, since the NFL? Yeah, um, I would say I think over a quarter of a million dollars in about a year and a half. Wow, that's insane. And do a lot of NFL players get endorsement deals? Not, not many. I, I will say, of course, like the top, the top players, right? The quarterbacks and, the, you know, the, the top 5% of NFL players that everybody knows right those are the guys that get most of the deals but it was crazy for me to see that the mid-level guys are great players are just not getting anything like some guys just don't get anything and of course yeah some guys just don't care about it but there are others that do care about it and they just can't get deals because they don't have the right guidance or the support team that helps them get get deals yeah and Full transparency, I am the head of marketing at a sports agency, so not only do I represent my husband, but I represent other clients as well, and we hear the same thing is within the NFL, and I'm not sure on the other sports leagues, but I would presume it's sort of similar. Most athletes, most, most professional athletes, even though you would assume that they're getting opportunities like this, they're not. Yeah. So... That's pretty insane that you got over 250000 in endorsement deals. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, I only played in the NFL two years, right? Like this, this I was going to my third season once I decided to retire. Again, story for a different day. But yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to see that so many guys want to do it, but they just don't have the right person, the right team, the right opportunities around them. And it's, you know, it's crazy because 
as you get older and you realize that you know sports is the only industry in the world that the older you get, the worse you get. The more miles you have in your body, the more you gotta start thinking about what am I gonna do next? Like, is my is the NFL money gonna be enough for me to live the rest of my life, or I can stay retired and never have to work again? I mean, you know, research suggests and evidence, right? Friends of ours suggest that no, it will not be enough, right? You're gonna you're gonna burn through a lot of money, especially in, in the NFL, living that lifestyle, having to move to a bunch of different places if you don't have a secure contract, which is what, hap- which, what happened to us. You know, first year started with the Commanders, second year went to Chicago, third year ended up in Jacksonville. That's three years. So it's three moves where we had to ship two cars in each direction, pay crazy amount of money for the apartments because we're doing short-term leases. Mm. So everyone listens to, you know, the crazy salaries that the top guys get. But in reality, if you're not one of the top guys, you're making about a million dollars a year. And yeah, for a lot of people, that's a lot of money. But what people don't understand is that we're making this money very young. And then as you get older, the money dries out, right? You hit 32, you retire, there's no more checks coming in. So for me, my personal brand was something that I always wanted to foster while I had the NFL logo on my chest. Mm -hmm. Because I always knew that once I was done playing, I had to do something else because the money wasn't going to be enough to live the life that I want to live. And I think everyone should want to, everyone should say, hey, this is the life I want to live. How much money do I need to live that life? And I, man, I like to live nice, right? So I always wanted to focus on my personal brand while focusing on the game, which was always the main thing for me. But I mean, it's crazy to get all these endorsement deals now, and I'm super thankful. Wow, that's great. With that being said, if there is an athlete or just anyone in general that wants to focus on their personal brand, where should they focus first? I will say, you know, it's all about building a community. Um, you can't just be, you know, you can't just be an athlete or a person of influence that puts them, themselves on a pedestal and expects everyone to just like your picture and comment and all these things just because you play in the NFL. I mean, yeah, of course people are going to do that. But really, I always ask myself, what value am I providing for my audience? Mm. And that when I once I understood that, everything changed because it's not only about you, right? You can help so much with the platform that we have as NFL players. And, you know, some guys use it, some guys don't. I chose to use it. I chose to inspire people around me to also go and accomplish big dreams and big things that they maybe never thought possible. I mean, many people may not know this, but I never played football until I was 23 years old. I played, you know, Division One basketball. I played with the Chilean national team. But the first time I touched a football, for real, was when I was 23. And against the Patriots. Yeah, that was my first catch ever against the Patriots. And it was an incredible, you know, feeling of finally making it to the NFL and, you know, making that, that the team that first year with the Commanders. But, again, going back to personal branding, I always knew that at some point I was going to have to retire, right? Because I entered at 23. 24, 25, I'm now 27. And yeah, the, the, the life of an athlete is not as long as it is when you are in a business or something else outside of sports. So I, enc- I encourage everybody that's listening to this, that plays sports, to really focus on it, focusing on it because it's, it's, an, it's a great tool. Yeah, and I would say too, there's a lot of athletes out there that want to get endorsement deals and want to have marketing opportunities, but they're looking at it the wrong way. So they're not focusing on building a community. They're like, I have an NFL logo on me. I have X amount of followers. 
why am I not getting opportunities? But I think it goes back to what you said about you need to first build a community around you because on the brand's perspective, you need to, you need to differentiate yourself. There are so many people now that have large followings. Now you can buy blue checks. So right. everyone has a blue check. I don't have a blue check. I'll wait to get it the real way, but everyone has a blue check. So from a brand's perspective, they're going through all these different people that you need to stand out and just having an NFL logo on it on you doesn't really do that. I think specifically too in the NFL, it's really hard or just in football in general, because you're not as known as let's say in basketball, because there's less guys in football. There are so many guys, you can't even see their faces. Sometimes you can't even read their names, you know? So a lot of brands don't know these guys unless you are the top guys or quarterbacks on the team and whatnot. So I think a big way to differentiate yourself is to have an engaged community telling your story authentically so people know who you are. Because when you do that and when you're building a community around you, brands want to work with people that are A, going to sell their product or service, going to provide high quality content or build value for that brand. Who else is better to work with than someone that has a community that trusts them? Someone that wants to buy something because Samus Ray is posted. They don't want to just work with you if you've never posted this product and it just looks like an ad and people are going to disregard it. So setting yourself apart and telling your story, I think is, I think that's accurate. Yeah. And just, just to follow up on what Nicole is saying, I think there's one thing that's, you know, brand awareness. But there's another thing, which is, you know, brands getting their return on the investment yeah. that they're spending, they're spending money on you. And this is real people behind keep a lot of guys, right? A lot of guys in the NFL, um, they're just, they just want to make a bag, right? They just want to get a check from the brand, not thinking that there's humans behind that brand. And if you've ever tried to start a company, it's extremely hard and it's very honorable and respect respectable. So I encourage guys to really focus on delivering a great product that's authentic, that the brand likes, so you can also develop a relationship with them. That brings me to my next question. How important would you say relationship building is as it pertains to brand partnerships? I mean, it's everything. One of the first deals that I get, it was an $800 deal. And at that time, the um, Sports Illustrated had just posted my story on their page and uh, my name was trending and all these things, but I never lost perspective of how I first started, right? Which was very poor in a country where I was going to have to fight for every opportunity. And I took that deal for 800 when a lot of people told me not to take it. And I understood that if I took that deal and I delivered a great product, there was, there was a chance that the company was going to come back to me and ask me to do it again. So they did. About two months later, they came back and they're like, hey, we have a 2,500 now. Do you want to create another reel? I think it was a reel. I'm like, of course, please bring it on. So did the same thing, created a great product, a great deliverable that the brand loved and, you know, reached out to them saying, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope you guys like the deliverable. Uh, let me know what you think. They loved it. About two months later, believe it or not, came back to me with $6,000 for one post. And ever since we've had a relationship where they reach out to me, almost monthly. So get yourself in the door, enter the environment of um, endorsements, 
And you never know how far you can go with that brand because as the brand grows, their marketing budget will grow, mm. your audience will grow, you'll have more followers, which means that they'll be willing to pay more and you'll also be worth more. So it's a win-win on both sides. Yeah, even if it doesn't turn into more deals, like in the situation you talked about, you never know who that marketing director, you never know who the person that's facilitating this initial deal, where they're going to go. Like there's turnover in these businesses. So you never know that they're going to end up becoming the CEO or starting their own business. And they're like, I remember working with Samus Reyes. I want to work with him again. I want him to start my next franchise. You never know who you know. We live in a society where it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And so building relationships are part of that. Something too, and I have a little bit of insight on this because you're my husband, but you told me a story once about when you first did that Pepsi commercial. So for people that don't know, if you want to watch it, it's a little embarrassing, but <laughs> I encourage it. Samus Reyes, one of his first big time commercials with was with Pepsi and it was a really cool experience, but you learned some valuable lessons from that. Can you please talk about that experience? The whole team of Pepsi, they flew an entire crew of people to the U.S., and they probably spent over a million dollars on the budget, right? They had a budget of over a million dollars to spend on this campaign. And so, they were flying to you, too. Um, yeah, they flew here uh, right before the season, um, during OTAs, I think it was. So they come out here. We go through that, that full day. And I took it so serious, right? I'm like running from place to place, not wasting anybody's time. I knew that the people behind the cameras had traveled thousands of miles to come here. And they spent time away from their families to come here so I really did the best that I could on the acting side I was my acting was my first time ever so it was questionable but I think it came out okay um but on the outside right what the people never got to see is that I took the time to go and talk to people the executive director who is a great executive director for many other uh commercials and music videos and different things I took the time to talk to him and he's the one that recommended me to another commercial which I also got and the people behind the cameras I went and talked to them thanked them for their, their time for you know their energy and for just being so patient with me when I had to redo scenes and that took me so far because everybody in the industry knows each other so once I realized that like hey like these are people that genuinely want you to do well because this is also their work they'll put your name on any hat that brings up an opportunity so yeah, that was a great lesson for me. Yeah, and I think, weren't they, from what I remember correctly, you had told me that they were even shocked at how amazing and um, how much of a blessing you were to work with because from their experience, they've dealt with some people that don't take it as seriously. And so it's just shocking to me how you get an opportunity like this, whatever it may be, whether it's $800, 10000 30000 whatever, and you don't take that seriously. Because again, when you're playing football, when you're playing basketball, when you're focusing on your craft, you're all in, you're 100%. So why are you not giving that same attention and energy to something else that also matters? You know, if you're saying that you're gonna deliver and you're gonna provide XYZ service, you should do that. Because again, it all goes back to that's your personal brand and that's your reputation and that's how people are gonna remember you. Wouldn't you agree? 100%. Once you sign that paper that says, hey, you're doing this at this date, you better bring that energy because otherwise it's going to show on the, the, on the deliverable, on the product, right? That brings me, perfect segue. You just keep on doing that. <laughs> that brings me to my next question. 
And that relates to product deals. And so for people that do not know, a product deal is when a company, instead of paying you to post on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it may be, they will send you product in exchange. Could be a huge basket of products. It could be one product. So how do you feel about product deals? I mean, I like free things, right? Who doesn't? Um, I know a lot of guys don't like product deals because they think they're you know, undermining their value. But in my mind, again, it's a relationship. Relationship. Get in the door with these brands because you never know if it's an agency behind the brand that has many other mm. brands associated with them and they just manage 10 different brands so you can get in the door with somebody else. Or if it's an entrepreneur that's behind the scenes, literally taking the time to DM you or send a message to your marketing rep saying, we would love to work with this person. Can we please send them a product first to see if he likes it and if there's an authentic um, relationship between the two. So I think they're great because, again, networking is mm -hmm. everything. So you show the brand that, hey, this is a great product. I like it. Or if you don't like it, say, you know what? I actually don't like it. I don't want to do this. And just start a, start a conversation. Yeah. And I think, too, for athletes that maybe have never done a partnership before, a great way to start is through product deals because you are, one, showing a brand that you're actually able to deliver because it all starts with trust. Again, how can a brand trust you that if they're going to give you X dollar amount that you're going to deliver? And the best way to do that is through product deals. But also, too, Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. And so what I have heard on the brand side is that a lot of brands, especially with athletes, are scared to be the first because of the reputation that athletes have had historically about not delivering on their promises or not providing value. So if you show that you're promoting X water company, they don't know whether that was a product deal or a paid deal, but they just see that good content and they're like, I want to work with that person. So I think it could actually almost provide other additional value just besides just like free things. It can also provide that, Hey, you have a reputation and I trust your reputation because you've worked with other brands. So I think that's something to consider as well. A hundred percent. I think product deals are great and guys should really consider just get a couple. I'm not saying take all of them. Just start with a couple. And especially ones that you like. like yeah, yeah. You've gotten some things. You've gotten some cool designer many, bags. You've gotten cool like. designer clothes. Like, why not take those things? Yeah. You've gotten even fancy water that you love. So, I mean, especially if it's something that you like, leverage that. Get the product. Tell the brand, hey, I love the product that you sent me. And then that's leverage in and of itself that either A, the brand's going to start sending you tons more stuff or B, they're going to go to their people and say, hey, there's a genuine, organic, authentic fit. Like we should consider working with this athlete. So I definitely think that there's some value there. But moving on to my last and final question, what is your advice to athletes on how to get started? Like where should they even start? I mean, I think you really have to put yourself out there. So social media, right? Whether that's Instagram, TikTok, TikTok is huge right now for a lot of creators. Uh, you know, just the algorithm is so good. So, and there's not that many athletes still on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And like myself, I will be 100% honest about this. I used to hate TikTok. And Nicole forced me to get a TikTok and start putting content out. And the amount of money that I made from TikTok has been insane. A lot of companies reach out and everybody's on TikTok. They love TikTok. So, yeah, brands are on TikTok too. And 
Nicole and I started, you know, a little strategy of how we were going to deploy that content in an authentic way. And it's been great. So I, I think TikTok, Instagram, everything from LinkedIn all the way to YouTube. If you really want to have, you know, if you have the manpower to create a YouTube channel, which is very, you know, it, there's a lot of steps to creating a YouTube channel. And there's a big, a bigger commitment than the smaller platforms, which is it's like just shorter version of content like TikTok or Instagram. YouTube, you're going to have to spend 30, 20 minutes, you know, creating something. And that could be a little, you know, more time consuming. But all of them create an audience for you. All of them create a community. And if you're delivering great value or inspiring others to also chase their dreams, it's going to be a win for you long term, no matter what. Yeah. And I know I said this was my last question, but while you were talking, brought up another idea for me. So you spoke about having the proper manpower. So I think a lot of times athletes are under the impression of this is going to take a lot of time, like building my personal brand or getting marketing opportunities. So how important is it? Because you were able to successfully do it. Like I saw Samus training and that was no joke. He completely locked in, but yet he had great time management skills. He had a team in place. So how important is it to have a proper team in place? And can you talk a little bit about that? A hundred percent. I think First of all, like you said, time management is huge. Mm. If you are the type of guy that does not manage time very well, maybe you you know focus on the main thing, which is the game and football, and trying to make as much money doing that as possible until you're done playing. But if you consider yourself a person that can manage time effectively, I will say that you have to get a team of people that will be doing the outreach for you because you don't want to be sending out emails mm. in the middle of the night so brands can you know pay attention to what you're saying because the same way the same way there's brand awareness when they you know a brand run, runs an ad on tv or they sponsor videos on instagram youtube whatever your brand needs to be out there as well and you have to create your own brand awareness and that can be time consuming in and of itself but having a team will do that for you and that's honestly when he called it for me this you know past year She's been great at just doing the outreach for me and coming to me when there's something on the table that I have to say yes or no. And that really made the entire all the difference in the world because a lot of brands just starting to learn started to learn more about who Samis Reyes is, what he does, and wanting to work with me, right? I, I, I really, I'll be honest, I really don't do any of that background work of reaching out to brands and connecting with them. That's all Nicole. So it's been great. And I think it's a great system that many athletes need to need to employ. Yeah, and I think, because I don't know if many people know what outreach is, I just want to quickly explain that for everybody. So this is a concept that you would think most representatives or agents are doing, but I can promise you, I'm not just saying that, but I can promise you they're not. Basically, what that is, is when they are reach, literally reaching out to brands and saying, hey, I work with so-and-so client, and obviously the email is a little bit more extensive than this, but basic. I, I work with this client. They love your products. They would love to have an opportunity with you in whatever capacity that may be. Would you be interested? Can we hop on a call and discuss this further? You may be thinking to yourself, well, why wouldn't anyone do that? Well, it takes a lot of knocking on doors to do that. And a lot of no's. The amount of no's that I have gotten, I, I couldn't even tell you. Like I have gotten so many no's for either just brands not answering, like mm-hmm. don't care, not interested, or just saying, hey, not interested, not the right time, not the right fit, whatever. But that is so important. A lot of representatives and a lot of agents, and 
I'll probably get hate for this. They don't do that because why you don't get paid from no's. You don't get paid just taking the time to send an email. You get paid if a deal comes in industry standard is 20%. So if you get a deal, you get 20% of that deal. Usually sometimes it's 15%. But with that being said, if I'm sitting there sending emails, I'm not making anything off of that. So a lot of agents or representatives don't want to take the time to do that. But why that's important, especially with regard to the NFL or just football, like I said, being that it is less marketable from the standpoint that there are so many guys and brands just don't know these guys. If your name is not being put out there, then brands are not going to find you. And if they do find you, it may be one in a million, you know? And so having your name constantly be pushed out there. And that's what I've done for Samus and some of the other clients that we've worked with is putting their names out there because you never know who a brand is going to like, and they're not going to know them unless they're shown them. And so I think that a big part of having a good team behind you is having that. And I know for you that you've kind of seen firsthand how outreach has kind of come in your favor, just being introduced by companies you didn't even know of. So can you talk about that? Yeah, there's many companies that have reached out to me that I wasn't even aware of, and I end up actually liking their products. Yeah. So it's a, it's a win-win on both ends when the person that's doing the outreach for you knows specifically your taste, things that you like, things that you may like that you just don't know at the moment. It's just a win-win, like I said. Yeah. So with that being said, I think that's going to wrap up our, our first episode. So anything else you want to say? I will say? say, you know, guys, drop comments, whatever. We're going to, you know, push this content on all social media platforms. So let us know what you, guys, you you want us to talk about. This is not really for us. This is for you guys to give value out of this. So let us know. Drop a comment. And we appreciate you. Yeah. And don't judge us too harshly because, again, it was our first one. <laughs> so until next time. Take care, guys.